Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice. We shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And uh, we are handling the book of Matthew. We've done seven chapters of the book of Matthew. And today we want to handle chapter eight of this book. And uh, it starts by saying, when Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. He had not gone hiking. No. He had not gone to have fun at the mountain. He had not gone to see uh, the views. Uh, how does it look from up here? No. When they say he came down from the mountain, he had gone to pray. He had gone to spend some time with God. He had gone to have some uh, fellowship with God. And these are moments that Jesus would have often, yeah? And the crowds knew it, and they waited for him. They would know that he's up on the mountain. Let's wait for him. He will come down anytime soon. So, when Jesus goes up to the mountain, he's separating himself. He's saying, I need some time alone, and he goes. Sometimes he went with uh, the, the disciples other times he went alone, but often he goes alone. And this is a picture to us to show us because while we live, we take Christ as the example. While we live, we use him as the example. Yeah, what he does, we do. And uh, that's where we pick the idea or the habit of having personal time with God of getting away from the crowd, of getting away from the noise, and you go and have some personal time with God. And that is uh, very, very important for us because when we lack that time, we lack the fellowship, we lack the bond, we lack the the relationship that has to be intimate. Remember, he tells us in his word that when you're going to pray, you close the door behind you. Be in your room and pray. And the God who hears in secret will reward you. And... Still, the mountain here is not public. It's a place where he has gone, and he is there probably alone, praying and talking to God. And if Jesus, who came from heaven, God's own son, would find time to uh, go and talk to the Father, how about me? Hmm? How about me? Why can't I find time? Why is it that I cannot find time to talk to God? Jesus did it. And we ought to f follow that example, and we ought to do that as well. We get time and pray. It may be a mountain that you're going to. It may be your room that you're going to. The issue is the fellowship. The issue is the prayer time. The issue is the time where you separate yourself. And it doesn't imply that when you, you're you in this moment, it is prayer all, all the way. There is prayer in all forms. Sometimes you speak. Sometimes you meditate. Sometimes you worship. Sometimes you just listen to worship. Sometimes you, you're you just thinking about God and listening to the Spirit speak to you, that Holy Spirit who is within you. Sometimes it's conversation with the Holy Spirit. 
So, it's not supposed to be, as you hear people say, oh, I don't, I, when I go, I don't have what to say. Yeah, within two minutes, I'm done. The words I have to speak are done. But it's not just about the words you speak. There's a lot that happens. Sometimes you go and meditate. As the Spirit guides, you'll be there and wait on God. Sometimes you put on worship music and let God speak to you. Sometimes it's a conversation with the Holy Spirit who is with you and he will tell you. By the way, these are moments that are real. He will tell you about your life. And oftentimes you start to complain and get excuses, but that is the conversation you have with the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus is having his moment, just like we ought to have our moments, and he goes up to the mountain to pray. And when he's done, he comes down from the mountain. That's where verse 1 of chapter 8 starts. He is coming down from the mountain. We are not sure how long he spent, but we know that he would spend some good time. Yeah, So, you can also spend some good time in the presence of God. And uh, he's on the mountain, and he's in the presence of God. And the presence of God can be everywhere. <laughs> it's not just specific locations. Sometimes you hear someone say, uh, when I go to this uh, specific place, that's where God is. God is everywhere. That's why he can know. He can see. He can know what you do even in the secret. He's in your bedroom. He's in your living room. He's at your workplace. He's in your church. He's at the mountain. He's in the waters. He's on the lake, wherever it is. The presence of God can be found there, and God can speak to you right there. So Jesus spends time in the presence of God up on the mountain. And when he comes down, large crowds followed him. Of course, this was known. Large crowds would follow him. In the political scene that they had at that time, the Romans leading and having a jurisdiction here, in Jerusalem, in Israel, if we may call it that, in Judah, where Jesus is located, this would be something that can cause alarm. How do you have large crowds following you? Do you want to uh, become a problem to our leadership as the Romans? Yeah, But large crowds followed him. And large crowds will follow the presence. Large crowds will follow the the power of God. Yeah, And let's not confuse that because there are even large crowds who follow those who do not carry the presence of God. Those who are doing things in their own might, they can also be followed. Yeah, remember where we last uh, took a discussion last time in chapter 7 that uh, broad is the one, many follow it. Yeah, so having many people may not imply that it is always correct or it is always right. All it is the path, yeah? But large crowds follow Christ because of that which is upon him, because of the power that is upon him, because of the presence that is upon him, and they follow him. And a leper comes to him at this point, verse 2. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him. Let's first pause there. How does a leper even get close to Jesus? How does the leper even come close to him? How does the leper make his way to Jesus? It is just amazing. Whenever you read this, that you wonder, how did he get there? How did he make it there? How did he make it through the large crowd and get to Jesus? Because as far as we know in history and about lepers and the 
disease that they carried, which of course was leprosy. It was very, very hard because even in the law it's mentioned there about how to treat a leper. It was, you could say, the worst of all. The worst of ailments or diseases or afflictions that someone could suffer being a leper. And when it was found, just a brief history about lepers, when it was found that somebody was a leper or you had leprosy with you, this is what you'd first do. You would, of course, know that it's time to be taken out of the community. Excommunication. You will have to leave the community and you would let your hair fall. If you had a good fashion, uh, these days we do all sorts of hair, hair designs and styles. If you had a good fashion, hair fashion or hairstyle, you would let go of that. Let your hair fall. And now it's going to look like for somebody who's, I will use the word mad, yeah, for us to understand it easily. Yeah. So you let your hair fall. Then you'll take off the clothes that are decent and you'd wear rags. That's what lepers would do. If you you found to have leprosy or that you're a leper, you let the hair fall, you take off the clothes that are decent, then you wear rags because that is now going to describe who you are. Hmm? So what would happen next? You would get bells and you wear them. You wear bells. So that wherever you're moving, there's a sound of bells that alerts the people that this guy who is coming is a leper. Give way, make way, do not come close because he may infect you. And he would go on shouting as he walks, unclean. Unclean, that is how lepers would be. So they would walk, hair fallen, rags on, bells on, and they would shout, unclean, 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 as they make way for them. And as they shout, people just get out of the way because nobody wants to associate with them. And they would make it to their community, far off probably in, a, in, in, in the desert somewhere where you have the community of the lepers. That is where they would all stay as lepers, excommunicate, put them far off. And that is where they would sup, uh, supposedly be or stay until their time of death, either of death or of getting better. But with the stages of leprosy, when you, you, you learn and study about the disease, it, it would gradually eat you up and eventually you die. At the extreme state of leprosy, parts of the body would start to fall off and you would not even notice. Yeah, because people with severe leprosy, you would even have probably a rat come and bite off your fingers and you don't even notice that they are gone. You just wake up the next day and you don't have fingers and your parts of your body start to fall off. That was the extreme level of a leper. So that is where those people would be sent. They are not worth being among people. They are not worth being among communities. They were actually regarded as either cursed or that they sinned and wronged God. Because from reference where this whole starts from in, in, in Exodus with Miriam, 
that she is the first recorded to have leprosy it was because of disobedience that she gets that so attachment of leprosy is given to all the disobedient yeah that's what was marked for it so this is a community where they expect them to be that they should be out there they should not be among the people now when this leper makes it yeah when this leper comes out of his community the one of the hopeless, the one of those waiting to die, and makes his way to Jesus, this must have been a scene to watch. This must have been something that had to be watched because it was unbelievable. This guy is coming, and as he was walking, he's saying, unclean, unclean, head fallen, hair fallen, clothes rags, bells on, and he shouts, unclean, and he's making his way to Jesus. So, however large this crowd was, it must have been giving way to him, saying, guys, make way because the one who is approaching is unclean. And now, he gets to Jesus. This must have been a movie to watch. And he tells him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He knew it. He knew that he's not going to survive in the community of fellow ill people. He heard that there is a man called Jesus who heals diseases, who has caused a lot of shift in their area, in their dimension, and that this man, when he's there, he can heal, he can set free. And now he comes and tells him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately. Jesus was willing because Jesus is always willing to make you well. Jesus is always willing to heal. Jesus is always willing for good things upon your life. It does not matter what this man was going through. And he's not sure. Will he, will he accept me like the, because the rest neglect me? Will he accept me because the rest do not regard me? Will he accept me because as far as I know, the rest do not accept us. And I've even made my way here. I don't know how I've made it, but this is not supposed to be happening. But I'm in the presence of Jesus right now. But Jesus says, I am willing. This is it. However bad your life seems right now, however bad and messed up it seems right now, however unclean you seem right now, and everybody has rejected you, and everybody has told you you're the worst of all, you got pregnant while you're in the ministry, and that you're, you're, you're not married, you got, you, your life is messed up, you did wrong. Probably it was temptation, and you failed, and you fell. And now, You've been excommunicated. This is the news Jesus has for you. I can have you back. And I'm willing to cleanse you. I'm willing to make you well. That's the beauty of Christ. It's a beauty when you come to Christ. After everybody has rejected you, Jesus says, come. After everybody has said you do not have meaning in life, Jesus says, I, I know that you carry meaning. I know that you're my jewel. I'll hold you dear and I'll cleanse you. And that's what he tells the leper. The man who had fallen hair, 
the man who was dressed in rags, the man who had bells, a sound of uncleanness, and everybody has read about you in the papers of how bad you are, of how messed up you are, and everybody in your school knows of how wrong and badly you've fallen. Jesus comes and says, I can make you clean. I know about you, but don't fear. Don't look at the rest. Make your way through the crowd and come to me and I will heal you and I'll make you well. That's the beauty of Christ. Doesn't matter how bad you've fallen. He can make you clean. He can let you back into the fold. He can give you back that glory that you've lost. And this is it, friends. Do not think and care about the crowd. Just go to Jesus. Just make your way to Jesus because when you make your way to him, he will hold you up and he will make you clean. And immediately because of this which this man did, his leprosy was gone. When you go to Jesus, nothing remains. When you give your life to Jesus, it will be well. When you get back to Jesus, when you return to Jesus, when you find Jesus, he will cleanse you and he will make you well. Whatever has failed in this life will be sorted when you come to Jesus. That is what happened to this man. And just like that, he had left the community of the sick, the rebuked, the neglected, and he was back in the fold. Because that's what Jesus does. The rest could have decided to stay there and probably even told them, guys, come, let's go together. There's this man, this man who is healing. And some could have said, no. My fingers already fallen off. My hands are now frail. I cannot even hold anything. I cannot even walk. And they missed their miracle. You make your way to Christ. Doesn't matter whether you're going alone. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Of course, Jesus here is telling him and he's giving a point to us that uh, when 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 you when you healed at this point for them they they as um the israelites they had in their law and that code was there written in their law that when you have been healed of leprosy there is a process that has to happen and jesus here does not neglect the law he does not say because i've come Forget about the law. But he tells him, firstly, tell no one. There are some things that happen in our lives and we, we go and broadcast everywhere. But not everybody wishes good for you. And for him here, I don't know and I'm not sure whether he's telling him that because of that reason. Of course, nobody can take away the healing. Nobody can take away the victory. Because what, when Jesus gives, nobody can take that away from you. He will always remain healed. But he tells, don't go bragging on the way. No, but go and do what is written in the law of Moses. Show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. He's saying do as Moses said you should do. Do not change that. And we shall look at what, what did he tell them to do? What was supposed to be done in the law? Leviticus chapter 14 Finally, you have reference that goes to the book of Leviticus. This is what you're supposed to be to do. This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. On the day that you've been cleansed, others would be cleansed by other ways, maybe medicine or what, but now for the cleansing, when Jesus has cleansed this leper, 
this is what you're supposed to do. Now he shall be brought to the priest. Yeah? And the priest shall go out to the outside of the camp. Thus the priest shall look. And if the infection of leprosy has been healed in the leper, then the priest shall give orders to take live, two live clean buds and cedar wood and a scarlet string and a hyssop for the one who is to be cleansed. Yeah? If the priest finds proof that you have indeed been cleansed, which has just happened, which Jesus has just done for this person, yeah, this is evidence. When you have been healed, even the doctors shall see it. And we've had testimonies, people talking about how doctors had given them a given time to live. And when they get out and go before God, get in the presence of God and they're healed, they return to the hospital and they say, you check. Check to see if there's still anything, any trace of this disease. And they've been checked and the testimony is out there. The doctors say, how did this happen? You cannot be well, but God has made you well. And we've had those testimonies and it can happen. Because when Jesus decides to heal, he heals. When this priest, of course, they could have had the skills, been equipped to check and know uh, the sick and those who are not. And when he looks at this man and he checks him and he's cleansed, of course he must have asked, how did this happen? This man might have said, I met the master. I met the healer. I met Jesus. And he's the one who has done this for me. And now, the priest shall give orders to slay the one bird in the earthenware vessel over running water. As for the live bird, he shall take it together with the cedar wood and the scarlet string and the hyssop and shall dip them and, and the live bird in the blood of the, of the bird that was slain over the running water. Then he shall sprinkle seven times the one who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the live bird go free over the open field. Jesus has healed and now there's a pronunciation that has to be made. There's a declaration that the priest has to make upon this man to tell them that they are clean. And the one to be cleansed shall wash his clothes. <laughs> now this is the part I love most. The one it would even be done in their culture by the priest. You've been cleansed. You've been healed. Wash your clothes. Shave off all your hair. Bathe in water and be clean. And now after he may enter the camp, but he shall stay outside his tent for seven days. Get back in the community. Wash your clothes. Used to put on rugs. Get on those decent clothes once again. Because that's not where you belong. Take off that hair that had fallen and filled with dirt and all rounded up. Bathe because you've taken so long without bathing. You were so unclean that there was no reason for you to bathe. And be clean. When Jesus has come into your life, when Jesus has healed you from affliction, when Jesus has taken out that habit, it's a new life. You look fresh. You speak new. You speak great. You don't like the past they used to see. You walk in the right places. You're not in the clubs anymore. You're in the right places. You're in the presence of God. 
When people see you, they will see that there's been a change. When Jesus comes into your life, it will be evident. When Jesus touches you, it will be evident. People will see, they'll say, isn't this a man who was in rugs? But now, he's clean because Jesus touched him. When Jesus is willing for you to be well, which he is for anybody who is listening to me out there, your life is going to be transformed. Maybe that you've been living a life of drunkenness. Maybe that you've been taking drugs. But when Jesus comes into your life, it will be evident. Everybody will see it and say, what happened? And this will be your testimony. Just like this man is going out to give testimony to these people. Yeah? He's giving testimony to them and he's telling them. Just like Jesus has told him that you, you, will, you will do that as a testimony to them. He is giving testimony and saying, God has healed me. Jesus has healed me. I don't know who is out there. And you've been left out. They said, you're nothing. They put you out. It, it may not even be sickness. It may not even be disease. <laughs> it may just be that life has beat you so hard that you feel you do not belong. And you've even made a decision to get out of public. And you've even made the decision to leave community. You may not even have left, but you do not have confidence to speak anymore. Because you say, what am I amounting to? Nothing. You feel like you do not weigh. This is what Jesus does. He will grab you and he will fill you with that greatness. And you will come out and they will see you. And those who laughed and those who mocked will see you. And see what God has turned you into. And it will be testimony to them that which Christ has done. And it will be visible. And I don't know whoever is out there and you like this leper. Whoever is out there and your situation is similar to that of the leper. You fell sick. You sinned. Probably this leper had sinned, okay. And he fell sick. You sinned. And there were consequences of your sin. And it's been shame everywhere. And it's been pain everywhere. Make your way to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He will give you peace. He will give you liberty. He will give you freedom. Come to Jesus. Those who come to Jesus, there were many in the camp, but this one made his way. He did not care about the crowd. He came with his bells ringing. He came shouting unclean. All he wanted is to get to the master's feet. And it's important for you to know and understand that you need to submit to him. You don't have to hide anything because he knows. You don't have to pretend that you're the holiest of all because he knows. Come to him with all your sin and bow before him and say, If you're willing, please make me clean. And this is the beauty. He is always willing to make you clean. He's always willing to take you out of that addiction to pornography. He's willing to take you out of that addiction to drugs. He's willing to take you out of that addiction to drunkenness. A life that is not worthy. To lies, to theft, whatever it is that you're struggling with. Jesus is willing to take you out. You just need to make sure you make your way to him. Come to the Father. 
broken heart, come to the Father. One who's been deemed useless and hopeless, come to the Father. One who is sick, there's even somebody out there who is sick and you're sick. Your body's ailing, you have a disease. The doctors have said, come to the Father. He is willing, he will make you well. The worst of diseases that you would have in Israel was leprous. Because nobody expected you to return. But people returned when they came to the Father. This leper returned to life when he came to the Father. And you, whichever state you're in that seems impossible to be well, Jesus promises to make you well. Father in heaven, we thank you for that love. We thank you for your son who came to die for us. And when we come to him, we are safe. When we come to him, we are healed. We come with sin and he cleanses us. We come with disease and he cleanses us. We come with all our conditions and afflictions and he cleanses us. Cleanse us today. Cleanse somebody today and make them well. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the Word of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, BibleInDepth.com.